Welcome to Women in Chemicals, Woman of the Week. I'm Amelia. And I'm Kylie, and we're joined today by both Natalie Hurd, who is a chemical and dye buyer at Millican, as well as our new VP of Programs, Claire McGann. Thank you so much for joining us today, Natalie, as our Woman of the Week. And Claire, I'm excited to start having you on these interviews. Um, today's episode is sponsored by Brentag. Brentag is the global market leader in chemicals and ingredients distribution. The company holds a central role in connecting customers and suppliers of the chemical industry. Headquartered in Essen, Germany, Brentag has more than 17,000 employees worldwide and operates a network of more than 670 sites in 77 countries. In 2020, Brentag generated sales of around 11.8 billion euro, and the two global divisions, Brentag Essentials and Brentag Specialties, provide a full-line portfolio of industrial and specialty chemical and ingredients, as well as tailor-made application, marketing and supply chain solutions, technical and formulation support, comprehensive regulatory know-how, and digital solutions for a wide range of industries. Perfect. Thanks, Amelia. And thanks again, Natalie and Claire, for joining us today. So um, just to kick it off, Natalie, I want to open it up for you to uh, give you some space to introduce yourself to our community. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into your current position today. All right. Thank you. Thanks, ladies, for having me. I'm excited for the opportunity. So again, I'm Natalie Hurd. I am a chemical and dye buyer for our textile division at Millican. Um, so I'm based out of our headquarters here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I've been with the company for about four and a half years. I started in our chemical customer service department, um, was in that role for about a year and a half and transitioned to a role supporting our sourcing department in the chemical division as well. I transitioned to this role as a chemical and dye buyer in November of 2021. So um, I've transitioned quite a bit since I've been with the company, but they've all been great moves for me. Um, and I've got to learn different parts of the company and different businesses. So it's been exciting for sure. Terrific. So Natalie, to follow up to that or to add to that, can you tell us a little bit about um, what you studied, what brought you into the chemical industry, and any other pri prior or previous roles before Millican? Right. Um, it's very interesting. My story is a little different from most people. I do not have um, a background in the chemical industry at all. Prior to Millican, I did a lot of community-based and human services type work. Um, my undergraduate degree is in psychology. So again, this is completely different for me. All of my roles prior to Millican were grant-based roles. Um, and it just got to a point with all the different things going on with the economy and the government. It was just kind of getting to a place of a lot of anxiety around if there was going to be funding going forward. I never got to a point that a role was not funded, but just the consistent, like, what's going to happen um, was mm -hmm. a bit much. And so got to a point where I was ready to try something different. And um, coming from that background, just trying to figure out how, my, how are my skills transferable um, was a difficult for me, but said, hey, um, after talking with some friends and people in the industry, realized that a lot of what I did working with the community, working with you, working with different people was kind of customer service um, and skills were transferable. 
So that was a good, I think, segue into this industry for sure. I got to learn different parts of the business, um, different parts of Milliken as a whole. So that definitely was a good move for me. Absolutely. That's an awesome way to translate or to, I guess, bring awareness to our community about how such unique experience and background still remains to, to provide you the skills that you need or that can make you be successful, I guess, to enter into this industry and with an entirely different background. I think that that's inspiration in and of itself. So that's fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about that more. So we talked about how you found these skills to lean on to transition into the industry. We talked a little bit about what prompted the change. And I I guess what I gathered from that is more so just looking for more security less kind of constant anxiety around, you know, if the next position is to be available and what that looked like. So just more, um, I guess, stability in a sense. So let's talk a little bit about the connections that you had or the community members or the people that you met that helped you to enter into forming connections within the chemical industry. Are there folks that are specifically to be called out or community communities that you participated in to be called out here? For sure. Um, so Again, so starting my role in customer service, it was right after a, a big acquisition for our um, for the chemical division. And so I started with a, a new product line to Milliken, new um, kind of just offering to that area. And so it was new to the to the division and the company, but to me, obviously, it was new to me. And I came from being used to being a subject matter expert. So that was definitely very difficult to me to come in, like not know what I was doing, mm-hmm. not understand, not understanding the chemical background, the customer base. So I was very intentional about trying to just learn as much information as possible. Um, So in that regard, I think it was helpful, some of the connections to your point, um, just to be able to to align with people. It was, I I had to, like I had no other choice, had to align with people who knew what was going on because again, I didn't have any information, Mm -hmm. any knowledge background coming into the space. Um, So there were some key people kind of in just supply chain within the group. one disadvantage I had, all my salespeople were remote. So I could not walk over anyone's desk and say, hey, help me understand what was going on. All my salespeople were remote and all my customers were calling me at my desk, <laughs> wanting to know what was going on. <laughs> so that was uh, definitely not a good combination. So I had to kind of pivot quickly to realize like, hey, I need to be equipped to answer when this phone rings. Um, so just working closely with some of the salespeople who had the background knowledge um getting on the phone like hey help me understand what's going on here because that was also um kind of right in the midst of everything that was going on with blue sky in china and okay. all these guys that were not available as they had readily been available so it looked like Milliken was the bad guy like why can't i get mm-hmm. my product and it's not a Milliken thing <laughs> um so of course you know wanting to reassure customers like hey i know there's a big transition here but we, we care about you. It's not that we don't want to service you. It's not that we're trying to get rid of you, but this is where we are. How can we meet your needs? How can we reassure you that when product is available, you're going to get it? Mm-hmm. Um, so aligning a lot with our supply chain team and, and key people who had a better understanding than I did. And like I said, our salespeople had a better understanding of the customer base and also the product. So I just could kind of be equipped to answer questions like this. Um, I came in at a good time at Milliken where our DEI initiative was really kind of kicking off. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there were programs that were put into place as far as just aligning with some of our associate networks. 
But also I was fortunate to be in kind of like a pilot mentoring program. So I was very, very early aligned with and assigned to a mentor who um, fortunately for me was in HR. So I was able to, and in a different division, so able to gain insight about what was going on in other areas of the company, but also able to bounce some of those questions that I may not have felt as comfortable within my group because you don't want to sound like you don't want to work here or <laughs> you don't know what, know what to do. But um, being able to like, hey, can we meet real quick um, was very helpful for sure. Um, mm-hmm. As far as just if there are any people in particular, my mentor, uh, Bethany Smith, the program was one year. Again, I just told you guys, I've been here for four and a half years. I stopped trying to holler and they're like, when are we meeting again? Like we have not stopped meeting <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, so we definitely keep up with that. Um, as far as just from customer service to buyer, to this point, um, again, coming in where I didn't have a chemical background, I didn't have a technical experience. Um, Millican is a company where we have people that we kind of call Millican lifers. They've worked mm-hmm. in Millican like their entire career. We have people that have worked here 30, 40 plus years. So again, coming in without the technical background, without having that, you know, lifelong experience felt kind of strange and like, am I going to make it here? So um, someone that I definitely connected with, he was like, you have what it takes. You may not have the technical background, but you have the skill set to do this. So how can I make sure I work with you to help you to connect on projects and kind of position you? Ying Rodman. Um, she's another person who was in the sourcing field. Um, she's kind of transitioned to a somewhat different role now, but definitely continued to work with me, like pull me in, mention my name at the table, which is something that's very important. I think mm-hmm. call out people's name, you know, bring them in where you can. So I definitely appreciated that because I don't think I would have transition from customer service to supporting the um, sourcing team to now being a buyer in this space. Because again, people didn't see the skills. Um, Definitely allies along the way, you know, people that again, just solid. Even transitioning from customer service to the sourcing team in chemical. I had Mm -hmm. um, my boss's boss said, hey, have you seen this role? I think you have the perfect skill set for this role. Something that was not on my radar was like, I'm not sure because how can I have the perfect skill set? I don't even know what I'm doing. This is what I was thinking to myself, you know. So um just aligning with key people, I think, is very important. Absolutely. You made a ton of comments that I could respond to and ask a billion questions about, but I think there's some key things that resonate really well with me. So more specifically, I have a sourcing background in the colorant space myself. So you okay. are preaching to the choir right here. <laughs> That's super interesting to hear your customer service side as I sat on the sourcing category management side. So I very well could have been that person calling you up saying, (laughs) where is my product? So it's just very interesting and eye-opening to hear your side of what you're doing. And at the end of the day, all you're doing is trying to reassure your customer base that you're doing everything you can while being a responsible supplier as well in, in all of the happenings with Blue Sky. So that's super interesting just personally. Um, But another thing that resonates with me and hopefully for our community is your commentary around all of these people that you have that have supported you. And I guess in a way, like helped to strengthen your confidence in your skills and your abilities in an industry that isn't necessarily one that you had, you know, studied or envisioned entering into, right? And so I think it's terrific that you've been able to surround yourself. And I hope that our community can do the same. And we offer resources for people to connect with people that are the same way 
that do just that, right? So you mentioned that you've got people that pulled you into things that you weren't necessarily confident that you were capable of doing or didn't even know that you were capable of doing. So it sounds like you've got a terrific group of people that are willing and able to kind of share in their expertise when they see what value you have to bring. So I think 100%. And one more person, sorry, I want to mention. Um, I mentioned the two ladies particularly because we're women in chemicals, but um, one person that, like I said, that that boss's boss who kind of connected me to the the role Mm -hmm. of sourcing initially, um, the person who actually hired me to that team um, had one interaction with him where we just kind of sat down and talked about why I was interested in and what I mm-hmm. wanted to do. And because it was actually that first role was a new position. It was a new role mm-hmm. that was newly created. <laughs> so um, it was like, what are you going to do with this role? Um, Frank Fisher was the person that was actually the, the person that hired me there. And we've had several conversations and a number of times that Frank was like, you're, you're too humble. <laughs> you don't realize that you can do this. Like, this is what yeah. you can do. This is why I know you can do it. And do I need to help you understand like what's there, what you have to bring to this position? Just mm-hmm. again, um, people doing things like that. I definitely attribute my, where I am now to, to those types of conversations. That's terrific. I love that there are people out there that help others to understand how capable they truly are and I hope that there are more people out there like that that can tell stories similar to this um Amelia Claire I want to give you guys a chance to chime in or or speak any commentary as well here yeah so Natalie I when you told your story during the first question I was like wow because I know companies big companies like Milliken to get two promotions in four years, it's very fast track. So I was like, I need to understand like what she is doing to get these big promotions so quickly. And I distilled down three traits. And it's so funny that you just said that you were recognized for your humility, because as you were speaking and telling your story, the three traits that I wrote down about you um, are curiosity, And I think it's just profound and having worked in the industry for eight years and worked with a number of individuals, there are a lot of people that would have said, and I myself being a a salesperson, you need to just call the salesperson. I don't know. Here's the phone number for the salesperson. They'll get back to you. And you really wanted to understand what was happening in the market so that when your phone rang, you could answer it and you had the information. That's huge. The second I wrote down was work ethic. So the fact that you were going above and beyond to prepare yourself, most people wouldn't do that. So like, honestly, hats off to you. You have deserved these two promotions. Thank you. Despite taking the initiative and really going above and beyond to raise your hand and say like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do it. I don't have a technical background, but that's not going to stop me. And then humility. So these three traits, I think they're uh, the key to success. So thanks for opening my eyes on that one. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, I loved the stories or your, you know, the ownership that you took on and to echo Amelia, it's the curiosity and the vulnerability, like, Hey, I don't know what this is. And I'm going to take it on myself to reach out to these people, to connect with these people. So I think 
you know, it's important to have the mentors and the sponsors and your allies, but they don't just happen, right? Like I do think there is, you have to put in a lot to that relationship. Mm -hmm. So I, again, I think that's fantastic that you've done that. So do you have any advice for the community when you look at how you, how you've identified the people, you mm -hmm. know, from a mentorship perspective? So obviously there was a formal um, relationship that, with the program, but if you look at like, hey, was it like I looked at my skills and someone I wanted to emulate? Was it, you know, was it the product knowledge specifically? Or, you know, just, you know, for those that are looking for how do they approach mentorship relationships, any kind of guidance there, I think would be. I think, um, honestly, the one that I will say that I kind of sought out more myself would be um, probably with Ying. And that's because she came from that initial acquisition I mentioned, um, and she was a, um, a minority uh, Asian woman in a space that um, is not particularly, you know, um, maneuvered by people like her. Um, and she was owning it. Like when I was sitting at tables trying to gain information about what is this product? No, no, not what is the name that we sell and what's the CI name? Like, give me the information that I need to talk to my customers. Um, she was just, she had the information and in the rooms where, you know, sometimes we hate to say it, we, well, we hate that it's our reality where men will kind of make you feel like I'm the man, I'm talking, being like, well, no, I'm talking. And I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so just aligning with her um, was so key. And I was fortunate in the fact that when I was in customer service, I was able to watch her at the table and hear her and gain insight and sometimes send a little message like, hey, you mentioned this. What, what, what is this really? And so when it was time to make that transition to the sourcing team, we had a little bit of familiarity with one another, but it was like, okay, Ying, like, hey. And she even coming in, she's like, I'm so glad you're going to kill it. And, um, just, it was, it was just so, I mean, I, it was fun actually just being able to work with her, to watch her, to glean from her and just be able to kind of just gain experiences. And again, like I say, um, spending time to even virtually, cause you know, I actually started that, that role in the sourcing team in December of 2019. And then we went home in March of 2020. So, um, being able to work, work alongside her were like, this is a project. This is how it should look. I'm going to do it to this point and I'll give it to you and you can take it. Like just those experiences was, were, you know, you just can't compare. They cannot be measured. Can't put a price on it. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, just seeing her in her space mm -hmm. and being able to like, hey, can I put some time on your calendar? Let's, let's talk through how I can kind of gain some experience here. Yeah never hurts to ask. The worst that they will say is no. And oftentimes it is not no. So right, right, right. I commend you for just taking the step to ask. That's awesome. So um, a couple other questions I have for you. Um, Natalie, we talked a little bit about some of the barriers or challenges that you faced in your role, how you've overcome them. Um, you mentioned uh, working with remote salespeople in a space where you're wanting to learn more. Um, what other barriers have you experienced and how did you work to overcome those or how are you working to overcome any barriers you're experiencing in your current position today? Um, I think, again, just going back to the, the biggest one that I will say internally and externally and as many supporters that, that I have I won't say that they're not people that don't support me but just people that question I guess is a better way to put it again it's that technical background 
Um, even as I'm, you know, in this role now and sitting down, I'm very fortunate to work with a, a gentleman who has 40 years of experience um, in this particular space of, you know, the, the chemical and dye space when it comes to textile application. And so as we're meeting with suppliers and having conversations, you're, you're still going to get that. Well, what did you do prior to Millican? And then the look is just like, oh, like when I say, you know, I start out in the chemical, the business like, okay, okay, okay. And then it's like, well, what about before that? And then, you know, they kind of turn and start having a conversation elsewhere because what am I bringing? Like, what do I really, kind of, what do you really know? It's kind of what it feels mm-hmm. like. Um, but even to have, you know, um, to sit beside Ron is his name. And he's like, you know, well, actually her experience prior to Millikan's helped prepare her. Um, Cause again, in, in, in environments like the children's shelter and the housing authority where I work prior, crisis all the time. It's crisis mode. So mm-hmm. what have I dealt with since I've been in this world? It's crisis <laughs> all the time. So even if I didn't have the, the technical background, um, this is how we're going to pivot in a crisis, um, which has been Absolutely. very helpful for sure. So yeah, I think like I said, it's a technical background as well. It always comes back to that. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, you've got technical experts that you can lean on that are in turn it sounds like vouching for you because they know that the non-technical skills that you bring to the table that make the partnership even better so I think that's a great perspective to have you mentioned this like crisis management zone that you've kind of seemed to find familiarities in previous to Millican and with Millican now um i I'd be curious to understand because you've been with Millican for four years now. So throughout the duration of the pandemic at this point, um, can we talk a little bit about how you've managed to navigate through uh, not only what has been like a result of COVID, but the the aftermath of kind of the supply chain challenges that we're still working through today? Right. Um, I think what is interesting is, again, I, I cannot say enough how much starting out in customer service really helped me um, because now I'm on the other side. <laughs> now I am a customer. Um, yeah. So I think it provides some insight. Um, one thing I, even in the role before the viral, um, when I was supporting the team in the chemical division, something I always try to keep in mind is um, be as good of a customer as we want our customers to be. Um, so the, whether that's applying by lead time, um, making sure we're, we're putting in the forecast, whatever we can do to make sure that we're equipping our suppliers to be good suppliers mm-hmm. um, that we wish that our customers would do for us. Um, mm-hmm. I try to I try to keep that in mind. You know, it's not always avoid, you know, we can't always avoid, you know, a, a last minute order, but as much as we can. Um, also, like I said, just going back to my background, when, when I worked in the community, there was like, again, like people were without homes and being removed from their families and didn't have a place to sleep at night and just all types of abuse and neglect. And um, I worked very closely with kids as they were just coming in and seeing those experiences and having to be able to be that person that was calm because you don't know what kind of emotions or if you're like I say, um, even with the housing authority, you know, dealing with people coming in with different situations and trying to figure out if they can get vouchers or different things and how you connect in the resources and still being that calm person um, in those situations is a skill that I guess just kind of came with that territory. So once I get over here, we have emergencies, but no one's going to die. Hopefully <laughs> um, you're going to go home and we're going to come back tomorrow. It's going to be hard, but we get to come back tomorrow. Uh, we get to go home to our families. 
So that's just some perspective that I try, even when I'm, you know, talking with someone at a plant that's frantic, like I think my mm-hmm. ability to remain calm and yeah. not downplaying their situation at all. Like this is an emergency. This is important, but man, we get to do it tomorrow. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think just a calmness that I just can't allow myself to like get there. And sometimes, you know, when you see that first email come across, like, are you kidding me? What is this? But it's like just that we have to like we have to find a way to make life okay and everything that we're living through. So I think that's just my life. Yeah. Ah, okay, now let's handle the situation. <laughs> I that perspective myself, I think a little bit. I've definitely gotten like in my chemical industry bubble sometimes, and I feel like everything around me is a fire drill. But just hearing your perspective and your unique background that you're the, the reality of what else is going on is right, right. it's just so eye-opening and you're right like I said that's what we do we're putting out fires all day every day especially in this current climate and I think what we've probably all had to kind of pivot and learn is that even when we put out this fire as much as we like to say oh as soon as I get this one put out I'm going to be able to catch my breath we're not going to catch my breath there's going to be something else <laughs> So if you use all of your energy freaking out over this one, what are you going to have to give to the next one? So, <laughs> And I love the empathetic mindset, like even from the beginning of the interview, right? You're like saying, hey, you know, you understand that you're you're trying to get something for for your customer right but then you're also trying to navigate your own challenges from your supplier so I think it's yeah important to understand to keep things in perspective but also understand that we're all trying to go towards the same goal and we're all facing these major disruptions so yeah I think that's a fantastic way to just gut check us all right absolutely think about it it is hard when you're in the day-to-day chasing down every truck, every bar, just to add on to that too. Like, I love your be as good a customer as you want your customers to be. And especially in these very trying times and Claire's also in sales, I can tell you my customers that give me that little bit of grace when things are really hard are the first one that are going to get the cargo when it gets to the port. They're the first ones I'm going to call if I can spare an extra tank or two. Right. And it makes a huge difference. So Natalie, we've gotten through most of the questions that I wanted to ask you this afternoon. Um, the last of which is going to be more associated with some of the, the more community-based outreach experiences that you've been touching on. Um, more associated with some of these skills that have been transferable into the industry itself. So um, curious to understand a little bit more about your community involvement and how you managed to balance all of that um, on top of the work that you do today. So it sounds like there might be some still involvement that you do today, even in addition to your full-time work with Milliken. So we'll um, be completely transparent. There is a huge scale back with the pandemic, of course. Um, So between the pandemic and then transitioning to new roles, I have definitely um, decreased a lot of my community involvement. Um, just trying, that balance is difficult. But still, you know, as much as possible, still, it was helpful when, you know, things were more virtual, I'll be honest. Because even if I'm still in the office, I can jump on the call. Um, or if I'm working from home and I'm still working late, I can like, oh, wait, let me pivot to this call. Um, so like I said, again, as things are 
opening and trying to get back out to different spaces. And the days that I am in the office, I'm still staying late. Or the days that we work from home, we know that we actually work later on our computers when we work from home. So that has been difficult, but as much as possible um, to try to kind of plug in and, you know, even if it's just putting a plug in to let other people know what opportunities are out there, um, Mm -hmm. making sure people are aware of the different agencies that I'm aware of. I think that's a big thing, even at Millican, um, with our associate networks, we are big on um, volunteering and and being active in the community. Uh, we actually have an initiative to where I believe the goal is 100,000 hours logged across the company for volunteer hours. So just even being able to communicate to other people like, hey, did you know about these exciting agencies um, that are out here? Like this is something that we can connect with either as a, a group or individuals on an individual level. Like this, this is what Sparkbrook has to offer. Because even like a lot of people that work at Milliken in our headquarters office, they may not be from Spartanburg or may not live in Spartanburg. So just being a resource um, in that capacity, like even on like different division type levels, we're very competitive at Milliken. Um, (laughs) So sometimes there are times where we'll have like fundraising opportunities that are like, who can do more, whatever to raise the money um, that's gonna go towards the charity of choice. So I think mm-hmm. just that that connection coming into the community to know what really is out there, to know who some of those key contacts are, um, has been helpful for sure. Absolutely. I've got a couple of things to say to this. Firstly, I appreciate your transparency, and I don't think that there is anything wrong with recognizing what your bandwidth is in terms of what you can commit to and actually add value to and do it right. right or be fully committed to it. So I appreciate your willingness to like recognize what's what your bandwidth truly right. is. I think that that is super important. And I would speak for Claire, Amelia and myself in terms of our involvement for women in chemicals. We're so grateful to have Claire because she's a new addition to our board of directors because we recognize that Amelia, myself and Silka, we needed further support. So Absolutely. I think it's it's important to recognize where you can and cannot at times, you know, continue to spread yourself. Right. Uh, you know, I had to have that conversation earlier for one of the key boards that I was serving on. Um, yeah. Hey, this is where I am. So kind of rolled off. I hadn't been on for a few years as a, a board member to kind of an advisory member. So just right. again, I think, like you said, it's very important to, again, it's that work-life balance and just self-care overall and making sure, like Mm -hmm. you stated, we're not spreading ourselves too thin. Exactly. But then I also am happy to hear that there's a way that your previous experience to Millican, although very different, is finding ways to intertwine within the work that you do with Millican today. Uh, that's really cool to hear. And it's just even like a further selling point for anyone that's not currently in the, in the industry to really consider like, hey, there, the reality is you can, you can pivot right in and you can marry up what you previously did with what you're doing now in the industry. I think that's really cool. 100%. Great. Awesome. So now, oh, sorry. I think it's awesome that you're not only advocating for yourself within the company, but also advocating for others. Um, and, and keeping an eye out for those opportunities to build that awareness. I think that's just incredible. So. For sure. That's awesome. So as we wrap up, Natalie, we just want to open the floor up to you to say any other closing comments, advice, um, things that keep you going and motivated throughout the day, uh, even you know books or podcasts or anything that you're reading or listening to that have inspired you lately, really anything. So I'll open it up to you. 
Right. Um, something that I am like, that's so big with me is just the concept of grace. I think that's really important. Again, as kind of we've spoken to at different points, as we've been talking about just things that come at us um, and not being able to control everything, but just kind of leading with grace um, in mm-hmm. every area of my life, something that I attempt to do. And I know that I do it. I didn't realize how much I did it until one of my coworkers, and it's not just a one time, she's come back to me several times. She's like, no, we were talking one day and you just said that word grace to me. And I just try to keep bringing it back to remembrance. But it's something that I live by like overwhelmingly in my life and didn't realize how much I guess I talked to other people about it too. But um, you never know what someone has going on. And it may be a, a chemical crisis in the moment or a diet crisis that we're talking about, but it may be so much deeper than that. Um, we've all been mm-hmm. through so much in the past almost three years and are still dealing with so much. And um, it's easy to, to not even be aware of how we're coming across or get upset about how someone, how we're receiving someone or how they are coming across to you. Um, but just realizing we all have those days, we all, we all have all had them, we're going to have more of them. Um, and the way we respond in this moment can really like make or break. Because again, we're customers, we're suppliers, we, we have relationships that go both ways and um we're a community and we need each other we have to work together so um if you know that Kylie is always a pleasant person and one day Kylie just comes off wrong it wasn't about you um extend some grace because you're going to need grace one day yourself um so that's something that's really big to me like one of my favorite kind of mantras is lean into grace like we we, I think there was this whole lean in kind of phenomenon Mm -hmm. a few years ago but my thing is just kind of lean into grace whether you need to lean into it for yourself to receive some or um to give it to someone else and I think we're often so much more um inclined to extend grace to others and not to ourselves we can't beat ourselves up only one person um I had a supervisor years ago who said do what you can in the time that you have. There's only so many hours in a day. So um, do what you can in that, in that time frame and know that it's going to be here tomorrow. Um, extend yourself some grace and take care mm-hmm. of yourself. As far as books, um, I've been listening to on my walks, Atomic Habits. And that's been something that's really big for me. Again, just trying to kind of still manage this transition into this different space and new roles, um, just establishing habits that are going to help me to I feel, you know, last longer in what I'm doing and mm-hmm. just realizing that it's not always the big goal as much as it is like the systems and the processes that I have in the place to help me to kind of get to the big goal. So um, definitely would recommend that book to anyone because like I said, it's, it's been something that's been very helpful to me. Great. Well, Natalie, I can't say it any better than you've just said it. So all I have to say is thank you so much for sharing with us your story and for everything that you've taught us this afternoon. Um, I'm really excited for our community to hear your story as well. So thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. I'm very excited just again for the opportunity. Thanks so much. Thank you.